There is no issue though with anybody else. Sir, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not going to stand here and argue about this with you. All right. So I've asked you to leave. If you choose not to leave, you will be arrested and charged with obstruct. Obstruction of what though? Obstruction of a lawful police order. Well, that is a new change of tune. Have new directions been given from the top to Toronto police? Because that sound you heard is uh, one of our Toronto police officers attending and telling a protester on the 401 overpass, you got to go or you're being charged, which is new. That is new. And it's new because it follows the coffee-delivering Toronto officer who made headlines around the world that brought an apology out from Chief Demkew, who basically said, you know, um, we're trying to keep the peace here. But behind the scenes, the police union apparently feels that the officers in question have been unfairly portrayed as ineffectual and negligent in their duties. And it becomes a question of, is it because of direction coming from the top? And I can't tell you how many officers I have heard from behind, you know, Quietly just uh, sending me a note. They are so frustrated that they are, are being judged like they are. But again, where's the leadership? John Reed, president of the Toronto Police Association, joining us now. Good to have you, John. Yeah, good morning, Alex. Thank you for having me today. All right, let's talk about um, Toronto Police. And they have been uh, taking a lot of kicks, no question about it. In um, and, and judged, I think, you know, yes, there's been a big police presence. We've seen it in the Jewish areas of Toronto. But as far as these protests, uh, they've just been going on and on and on. And we've certainly had a lot of questions of, like, when are they going to act? And so what's the chatter behind the scenes, certainly since this whole coffee incident happened um, with, with officers? What are they telling you? Oh, so I tell you, officers are frustrated. Um, you know, the reality is here, our jobs when you're, we're deployed to these protests are to try and keep the public peace. And that does come with a lot of um, de-escalation, which officers are trained in. Um, you know, trying to make sure that people can protest safely. Um, you know, and it's also the officer safety uh, piece as well. I think this whole incident with the coffee, um, had it not been a protest in the this particular incident, it would not have received uh, nearly the coverage that it did. Um, you know, but our, our men and women are out there each and every day doing what they have to do. And the direction does come from the top. You know, our, our, our members are out there. They will take direction from their supervisors, from command, as far as what needs to be done and when. So what are they being told? Um, because I know that, uh, you know, Chief Demke, who I think should be speaking publicly, we've tried to get him on, on the show. We've tried to get a response at all, you know, from his office. We've not heard back. But, you know, he's under heat because I think people are rightfully asking, like, how long does this go on? How long do I have to worry about my kid being yelled at with Santa or, or going to the mall or going on a bridge or an overpass? I think people are just saying, look, We've had enough protests over these years. Why the hell don't we know how to deal with them? And so is the direction from the top um, political? Is it, is it gray area? What are they saying about the leadership or lack thereof? So I think as far as any direction from the chief, that is something which I'll have to defer to the chief or the chief's office for, um, because I'm not 100% clear on what they are uh, advising our members at this time. But I can tell you, as far as the protests go themselves, I think what we really need to see is support from government, from the city, uh, from the mayor. Mm -hmm. You know, the public, public, I think, has come out already, and, and they're tired. They're tired of what's going on. Uh, there needs to be some accountability, I think, which, generally speaking, I think we've lost over the last few years. Mm -hmm. uh, the accountability of people's actions. You and I have talked about bail and parole, mm -hmm. you know, many, many times. 
And I think the, the accountability piece is something which really needs to be talked about and brought back. Yeah, and we need to get the politics out of policing. End of discussion. And we've seen a lot of it. But we have seen, to your point, um, throughout the years, we saw it with G20, we saw it in, in other, um, you know, high-profile protests, uh, you know, that there there is a problem with response to these things, whether it's Caledonia and it was a, a hands-off approach, G20, it was a hands-off approach. Um, you had um, the situation with the trucking. Again, they let it go on for three weeks, and then the Emergencies Act comes in, and, and I think we learned that there was a lot of miscommunication between police forces, et cetera. But I also, you know, the politicians who always say, we're not getting involved. There's certainly a, 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 a pressure of a shadow hanging over the shoulders of, of leadership in policing. There can't not be. I, I totally agree with you. Um, you know, and, and that pressure does get applied. I'm sure it does in some ways. But the reality, when, when you know, the rubber meets the road, it's the men and women that are on the ground, right, dealing with these protesters, dealing with the protests themselves. Um, and we end up being caught in the middle all the time. You know, if something goes sideways, un- unfortunately, it ends up being our members that are really the brunt of it, as we saw with the uh, with this coffee incident. And also, if something goes sideways or there's some public criticism, it's our members that end up wearing it a lot of the mm-hmm. time. And quite honestly, it's unfair. And I would challenge anybody, you know, if you really want to be critical of the police, hey, we're hiring. Yeah, Go yeah. And uh, join up. Right. But, but I mean, we've had inquiries, we've had commissions, we've had studies, we all know, like, these protests aren't new. The form of them may change. We've seen blockades. We've seen sit-ins. We're into the whack-a-mole type where they just show up anywhere, anytime. But I think they do that, John, because they feel like they can get away with it. And as, as long as the police are in that position of feeling like, well, if we crack heads or if we, you know, arrest them, we're going to look like the bad, bad guys and gals. Um, the reality is that they're there to serve and protect. And, and I think a lot of people are asking, do they serve and protect the public or the politicians? Because you know, if they're not going to do their job, um, then I think a lot of people will say, well, maybe I have to take this into my own hands. And so do the police know how to p- police these protests? I mean, after all these years of it, is it that they don't know how to do it? Or is it just that there's a fear of that they'll be judged? No, I think, well, do we know how? Absolutely do. We deal with thousands of protests right. here in Toronto, and our members are very, very good at them. Uh, the reality is, as far as what action is taken, that is uh, decided by command, and command will make a decision uh, how these protests are dealt with and when, in fact, arrests may be made or not made as well. You know, so ultimately, that is a question for the command uh, themselves. Do you think things are going to change? I mean, I, I played that piece of audio off the top because that was last night, and it was a lone officer and it was a lone protester, and that's a new messaging that we have heard. So is there a change that you're now seeing or hearing behind the scenes that, that they're going to try to change this up? Because I don't know how long more this has to go on, right, John, before people just get fed up and, and take things into their own hands. Yeah, and I think that message is being communicated both, uh, you know, to the service through the politicians as well that people are looking at this going, enough is enough. Mm-hmm. And I think in fairness to everybody involved, you have to draw a line in the sand for, for many people. Mm-hmm. And you draw the line in the sand, and if that line is crossed, then there are consequences. And if that ends up being an individual's charge, an individual's apprehended or arrested, then that's what happens. Yeah, but pretty obvious, right? Like, just say it from the beginning. You can't go into malls. You can't go to bookstores. You can't go into private property. You can go to Queen's Park. Here, we have lots of public spaces. But that had clarity has not come forward from any level of government, and certainly not in in the city of Toronto, where it's just been kind of put up with. And I just think we set such a dangerous precedent when when we just continually allow the line to be pushed and pushed and pushed, because it essentially says there are rules for some and not for others, right? Like, I couldn't go lay in the intersection and block it. I'd be dragged off and arrested. But get a group of 10 people, no problem. 
Well, and I think to your point, it comes down to the rule of law. And if a law is being broken, obviously, uh, it's up to the police to investigate it and determine whether or not charges should be laid. Uh, but there needs to be consequence for, for what people are doing uh, in any situation. And if the consequence is being arrested, then that's, that's what happens. Before I let you go, um, I probably assume that you got some of the numbers from Budget uh, Toronto, um, up to anywhere from 10 to 16% that we could be looking at uh, kind of hikes in taxes and costs. Somewhere in there, uh, there's police funding that is needed. Uh, we need more police. Um, what are you looking at when you see these numbers as far as what the budget will be for the police and if we will get to that point of hiring more? So I can tell you the, the budget which was asked for was the uh, improved by police services board was 1.7%, yeah. which equates to $20 million, which quite honestly is a drop in the bucket. When you start looking at a, a, an increase of 10.5% to property taxes, um, you know, I think it ends up being about $40 million for every 1% uh, tax increase. So we're looking at $400 million. And how with a tax increase like that, there isn't going to be a substantial investment in, in public safety and policing. I don't know. And it does concern me when I'm hearing uh, um, that that's not going to be the case. In fact, they may be trying to knock down the, uh, the policing budget. Awesome. All right. Well, no. we'll certainly, I, I'm being very, I say that in jest. Yeah, and, I know. I know. Uh, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll watch for it certainly, but um, the numbers are, are pretty staggering and the things we need, um, I'm not sure that the political will is there on that, but we'll certainly watch for it. John, I appreciate your time.